0: Bible with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 23 I want to minister on one of my favorite subjects but I I rarely get to talk about it but I've just decided to jump in Proverbs chapter 23 I want to follow up on a series of uh, I am happy all the time say it to yourself I am happy all the time let's do better I am happy all the time well, there'd be people that would argue with me and say, well, you don't know my situation. Of course, you're happy all the time because you got your bills paid. And you got a car that runs and you got a house to go home to and na-na-na-na-na. But I hadn't always been there, have you? But I was happy then. So uh, we're gonna encourage everybody that's online, everybody that's here this morning, to be the uncommon man, to be the exceptional woman, by deciding to be happy. I decide to be happy. I decide to be happy. Say right. with me. I decide to be happy. It's not based on external events. It's not based on how it went, how it's going, how it looks. Can't be happy now because it looks bad everywhere, and I'll have to wait and see how it turns out. And then I'll know if I'm happy or not. I, you've missed it. Actually, I looked up the word joy because Melissa talked about joy Wednesday night, And uh, so that's a like, is that a conflict with being happy? So I looked up joy, and basically, it's a long definition. But it's the emotion of great delight, elation, or wonder. Listen to this: caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Let me read that again. Joy is the emotion caused by something exceptionally good. Or satisfying or good news. So you can see it's a it's a hit and miss thing. I mean it's between good news, you're just something else, but when good news hits, it happened, I got it, it it then we say I, we say, Look, they are so joyful because they're rejoicing, that word they're rejoicing over something that happened. But the word happy, though similar, is not the same. Happiness is described as being peacefulness. Well, that doesn't just come and go. It's described as contentment. That's certainly not something you get up in the morning and you lose by the evening. It's called satisfaction. Y'all get that word, satisfaction? And then the last word in the definition was blessedness. I'm blessed. You could say I'm blessed or you could say I'm happy. And it comes from having a good life. Don't ever let anybody measure your life. They'll always measure it too small. I have a good life. Do you all have a good life? You say, I can't say that because. And here comes your long list of troubles and your story. We remind ourselves that everybody has a story. I have a story. If you knew what was going on in the background of my story, you'd go, dear Lord, I never suspected. And you won't. I'm not telling it. I'm not telling you my challenges and my whatever's. It's none of anybody's business. Because I'm living above it and it is not worthy of mention. Because I have over I have overcome it. I have overcome it. I have overcome it. Christ, God. You go, well, it must be terrible. It's just a story. It's just like your story. It's nothing, it's nothing that anybody would faint about. But I noticed that a lot of people have a they have a complaint or they have a challenge or they have a problem for every for every solution. You you read them the word and says, here it says, My God shall supply all your needs. And then they 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 crank up their reason why that doesn't work for them. He always causes you to triumph in Christ Jesus. Well, let me just tell you my story. And so they blow out, they blow up the promises because they have a they have a problem for every solution. So, uh, I've I deduced this, I distilled this to say that joy happens, but happiness is. We'll let that solidify a minute. Joy happens. We're joyful because something happened. But happiness is something that we decide. I decide to be happy in spite of. It doesn't, it's like faith, it doesn't go up and down. Happiness is something you decide. And we know that because we studied last week how love is a decision. It's not a feeling or an emotion or uh, how they treat me. I just love them. They treat me so good. Well, I just love them even though they don't treat me so good. Come on, y'all. Help me just a little. Joy happens, but happiness is. So I can say, I can say, I can decide to be happy. And so nobody can say, well, what are you so happy about? Well, they might mistake that for joy. Something really cool happened, and on top of your happiness, you're especially exhilarated. You're especially, uh, uh, what, what, what do we say, wonder caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. It's not that at all. That's happy. It doesn't matter what's going on. I said it doesn't matter what's going on. When you decide to be happy, nobody even knows what's going on. A lot of people have that gloomy face, that bad countenance, that low uh, uh, level of... They want you to ask them, well, baby, what's wrong? Baby, what's wrong? I can see that it's not good. That should never happen. If something bad's going on, you should call somebody up and say, I need you to agree with me, or I need you to lay hands on me, or I need you to... And it's not in a a crisis mode. It's just like, help me defeat this. Help me overcome this. Help me win, because I'm in the crux. Well, I saw you yesterday, and I never even knew you were in trouble. Oh, this thing's been going on for a month, you might say. And they never knew, because we're happy all the time. So I am happy all the time is the name of my message. And you should adopt it. You'll have a better life. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's a Christian insertion there the pursuit of happiness is from jesus so proverbs 23 7 i hope I-, I had you turn there even though it's just one little line to make sure that you had a star by it or a, a circle on it or or a, a big woohoo uh, for as a man or as he but a man is is the context for as a man thinketh in his heart so is he that is so powerful now if you read it another translation they they butcher the snot out of it about uh, the cost of food and all that sort of stuff. So, we could say from that, we could extrapolate and say whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're dreaming about, good or bad, whatever you're meditating, whatever you're considering, muttering to yourself all day, that is in your life and coming. It's in and coming. It's in and coming. You may have it masked. You may have it uh, covered up, and nobody knows how you really feel inside. You can do that for a season, a short time. But that's what's coming, and it'll overflow your banks one way or the other. So if you are unhappy, and you're talking the problem, and always the reason why it's not going good like it is for other people, you're just talking about your story, but everybody's got a story. That's my main point of life is everybody's got a story. Why would we want to listen to yours when I got one that'll beat the wagon wheels off of yours? Why why do I want to listen to your little thing? I I overcame that last year. I got a real story, and you're still not going to hear it. Jesus said everybody has a story. In the world, you'll have tribulation. He said everybody's got a story because everybody's got the devil. Everybody's got the flesh. Everybody's got the sin nature in the world. Everybody's under the curse. So everybody has a story. You're just a liar with a, with a, if you say you don't have a story. I mean, I don't mean liar, liar, but everybody's got one, whether they've overcome it or they're dealing with it or they're put under by it. Everybody's got a story. That's life. That's life. Life is your story and what you do with it. They talk about in, in culture and in society, you know, you got to deal with the hand you were dealt with. That's true. If you were tall, if you're a woman, if you're a a Caucasian or Filipino or whatever your deal is, you got long toes, you got, uh, you know, one leg shorter than the other. Everybody's got a story. We're all different, but actually we're all exactly the same. And the potential in Jesus is unlimited. Faith is the great equalizer. So it doesn't matter what your story is. Faith just fixes it. Faith just fixes it and brings us up to as he is, so am I in this world. Well, that means you don't have a story. It means I, I got Jesus and we whooped the story into shape. A, the story of victory, of triumph, of overcoming. Been there, done that. Going to go somewhere else and do that. Because you never end a story and say, well, that's, I'm glad those stories are over. No, you got, you're just launching for another one. But the thing is, you can handle a better one because of your last one. So that's why we testify, because we want to hear each other's victory story. Of I had a story, like uh, Patty said this morning, I had a story. But look, prayer fixed my story, and I got a good ending. And Wendy, and all of us in here have had our stories, and uh, it's not finished till you whoop it, whoop it. <laughs> So, uh, so whatever we're thinking about, be mindful of what you're thinking about, whatever you're meditating, whatever your dream is, a positive dream or a negative dream. Well, I'll never get out of this. I'll never. There's no way for me to prosper. There's no way. That's the way they think in third world nations. We're not Americans. There's no way for us to prosper. So American missionaries don't even take the gospel of prosperity to them because they're, they're, south americans or they're africans or they're whatever they think they are that they don't have prosperity prosperity is relative you can have a bicycle in india and you are way big up up the pole just have a bicycle you go that's nothing here prosperity is relative so yay so what i'm i'm training me to think on better things Well, what are better things? Better things are the promises. Because I don't always line up to the promises. My God shall supply all your needs. You ever been in a place where your needs weren't quite supplied yet? Well, obviously, or you didn't have a need. My God shall supply all your need. Well, that means you got a need. It's unsupplied until it is. Did I say that right? So everybody's got a need at some point when we get that one solved and fixed and funded. We just move on to another need. We're prospering for the kingdom. I'm prospering for the kingdom. So, we said something quite surprising to almost all people when they said, I wonder what he's going to say happiness comes from. And the truth is, happiness comes from lordship. We're happy when we have one Lord. Let me just distill it. We have happy when we're one Lord. And we're not happy when we have more than one Lord. Uh, To be independent of men and dependent on God is a happy life. Independent of men and dependent on God. Now you know there's people that are independent of men and independent of God. And so they're not happy because they themselves are Lord. If you're not dependent on anybody else, you're dependent on yourself. and, And that you are the Lord. So... Uh, I wrote down, happiness is not freedom from bondage, but dependence on God. So the more I'm dependent on Him, listen, 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 the happier I am. Not when you get more money, not when you pay off the creditor, not when you get this diagnosis off of you. That's, that's all good news. Whoo-hoo! And you'll have a little joy in that good news. But we don't wait for that because how many of y'all know right behind every trouble that gets fixed is another trouble? <laughs> Are y'all, have y'all been around? Have y'all been breathing that long to know that at, behind every victory, there's another challenge? It's just life. If you don't know that, we'll, we need to check you into kindergarten. But happiness is lordship. Happiness is lordship. Say with me. Happiness is lordship. Well, now, see, that's simple. I can go there. If you told me it's $10,000 in the bank, that's happiness. Or if you told me your mother-in-law loved you, (laughs) or whatever you would say, then we could say, well, I don't know about that. I'll have to see if I can work on that. But I can be in happiness immediately by making Jesus lord. Not that I just suddenly start doing whatever he says, although that'll come, but that I turn to him and said, I'm independent of every worldly contrivance, and I'm dependent on you. It's a a framework of mind. It's a framework of attitude. It's a framework of rationale where we just decide. I just decide I'm going to be dependent on God. I'll do the best I can. Sometimes I may mess up and... And, you know, ask somebody for something that God wanted to provide. And when they turn me down or when they say, yes, but I need this much back from you, it gets into all this stuff that's not happy. But if I just say, Lord, I'm on you. And he says, go ask them for this and go ask them for that. Well, then I'm dependent on him, aren't aren't we? Struggle. Happiness is lordship. But struggle is looking for happiness another way. So every time we struggle, what can we say? I'm looking for happiness in a way or a place that it does not exist. Sin promises to bless and please, but always dominates and decimates. Sin is a horrible taskmaster. It promises you everything, and uh, it exacts everything from you. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, if you would. Isn't this interesting? I mean, it's just interesting. You go, I thought it'd be just a happy sermon. And you just get up there and say, be happy and get your bills paid off and get your mother-in-law happy with you and be happy. But it's not that way at all. But actually, it's much simpler than we ever dreamed. Because I can do this. I can turn. I can take my will and say, I will, I choose, I determine to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm not going to not pay my bills to ignore them, and I'm not going to try to get along with somebody. I'm just going to say, Jesus, I make you Lord. And suddenly we engage him in a way that he's not used to, maybe from you or me, and he starts giving us answers and ways out that take us to happiness. Suddenly we like how our life is going. Suddenly the stuff that we were just wringing our hands about and just spending nights fitfully, he's got this. But everybody wants, and, and, and it's not wrong, for God to show out and do good, and he does. And then, then they will say, Lord, I'm going to make you Lord. It's the goodness of God that leads men to change. So he does do that. And men that say that never get enough. They never get where God did enough to say, you are Lord of my life. When I say that, I'm talking about us. So we just have to choose in the midst of the storm and say, ah, this isn't working. It's never going to work. I'm making Jesus the Lord of my life. Matthew 11:24. Let's see if I'm in the right place. I'm sure not. Let's see if it's 12:24. Don't you just hate it when you get the wrong one? Let me read it to you, whatever verse it is. <laughs> oh, it's I, it's, I bet it's 624. Well, yeah, there it is. Right where I said it was. Matthew 624. There we go. Much better. No man can serve two masters. Say it with me. No man can serve two masters. Now put your first person there. I cannot serve two masters. Why not? Well, it says there's going to be strife for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. All that stuff is strife and strife. The Bible says when strife comes, it brings every evil work, every evil work. So we have to get out of strife. The word says to agree quickly with your adversary doesn't mean that you're taking on their tact, but you're not going fight, to fight with them, not going to argue with them, not going to debate them, not going to fuss with them because you already know which way you're going. And they're just wanting you to be on their side so they can be right or all sorts of stuff. He said, don't, don't have two masters. The moment you do, you're in strife. You're in division. You're in struggle. Don't do it. Uh, let's see what else it says there. Uh, Strife is hating one and despising the other. That's what the Lord Jesus said. Strife is hating one. Well, anytime you got hate in your life, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to please two masters here, trying to hold on to two lords. Well, I'm mad at this one and I like this one. Well, when you're mad at that one, you're in strife. You're in. It doesn't work when you hate the money system of this world. Employers cheat you and don't pay you enough and and don't do what they said and. And uh, give the job to somebody else they promised you and na-na-na-na-na. Instead of just turning it over to the Lord and saying, Lord, I got, I, 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 you got this. And I'm in your system. And I'm just going to hold on because it's coming. But instead you get in strife. And while that bad guy and this company and all that stuff, you get in strife. Every evil work opens up. I love the gospel because it's so simple. I love the gospel because it's so easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, he said. I just love it because people complicate it and say, oh, it's hard. Faith is hard. It's not hard. You just believe what he said and you have it. Hallelujah. Uh, When you have two masters, when you're working the financial system and God, the word, or you're working the medical system, listen to me, and God, it's never good. It's never easy. It's not any different than the world, but you just have what the world has. You have to wait for the doctor report back, and you have to wait for the bank to see if they approved it, and you have to see if your check bounced or wh- whatever. Life is so much more than that. We, we don't have time to be happy if we're jacking with two masters and always in strife with people and the system. The system is not fair, but the world just deals with it because they're not fair either, and so they just put up with the system. But the kingdom of heaven is fair, and so we can change. I can, I can shift. I have an option. I can shift and say, Lord, this is a bunch of stuff over here. I'm going to change my ways and depend on you. I'm going to bring my tithe in the storehouse. I'm going to speak over my seed. I have, I'm going to raise my expector that everything is turning out amazing. There's plenty more where that came from. This, this, this is working out. And just rest. Faith rests. I said faith rests. If you're not resting, you're not in faith. That's not a condemnation. It's just that's how you can tell. If you stick a thermometer in there and it says 106, you can tell. This isn't good. And if you aren't in rest, peace, then it's not good. So you've got to work on it. 2 Peter, would you turn with me to 2 Peter? I'm going to talk about something that you know all about, but here you didn't know, probably didn't know the Word knows all about it. 2 Peter. Where is that? It's before John, the little Johns. 2 Peter is right before the little Johns and right after Hebrews or something. No, right after James. Anyway, you can find it. Second Peter 2. Now listen to this. I'm gonna read it in the King James first. Verse 17. Look isn't it amazing that the word talks about everything that you and I face? Uh that's not it either. 217. Here we go, here we go. On it. Is that it, Barry? <laughs> I must have been I must have been asleep when I wrote this stuff down. Second Peter. I wonder if it's First Peter. Boy, this messes up my broadcast. Let me just read it to you. Oh, I know that's there. I looked at it. I'll just read it to you in the New Living. Y'all look at the screen and you can read along with me. These people... It's talking about people that are in strife. These people are as useless as dried-up springs or as mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves. Did y'all find it? It's 2.17? Ah, oh, there it is! Gosh, where was I? Okay, let's read it in the King James. I have skewed this audio. There are wells without water, clouds that are carried with the tempest, of whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. That's bad. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. You see the two lords there, the two masters? For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, so that's talking about when we get born again and when we get turned on to the Lord, they are again entangled therein. Say backslid. Backslid. Yeah, and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than from the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Then after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own varmint again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Now I'll read it the New Living. These people are as useless as dried up springs, or as mist blown away by the wind. They are doomed to darkest blackness, blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted sexual desires. They lure themse- They lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption. For you are a slave. This is it. You are a slave to whoever, whatever controls you. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then get entangled up and enslaved by sin again, that's that backslider. They are worse off than before. Now, here it is. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They prove the truth of the proverb. A dog returns to his vomit, and another says, a washed pig to the mud. So it's a warning, isn't it? But it tells us how life is. How people get turned on, then slide back. And you go, okay, well, they're just going back to the life they had before. He said, no, that's not how it works. You had a decent life before, maybe, but you got turned on to the things of the kingdom. And then you say, well, I'm going to go back. Because it wasn't that bad. And they go back and they can never find it. It's way worse. They, they can't recover where they were, their former station. They cannot recover it. So he says, once, you, once you're in, you better stay in. Because there's no good place to go after that. Uh, so I wrote down here that being not happy is playing the field and trying to be loyal to one. I had two girlfriends in high school. I had one that lived in O'Donnell, Texas, and then one that lived where I lived in Seagraves, Texas. Yeah, I was playing the field, and, uh, you know, based on who I was, that's all I could do, I, I thought. But anyway, Seagraves played O'Donnell in football. And there she was on the other side, and here she was on this side. So I was lying my little fool head off saying, I got to go over there and check on a buddy and I got to go over there and get an ice cream cone or whatever. And I, I, I really sort of lost, lost both of them over the deal. So that thing really worked for me. You can't serve two masters and you can't court two girlfriends at the same time. So it's playing the field and trying to be loyal to one. Now, this is, this is let's, let's break that down. That means financially in the financial realm, We're trying to tithe. We're trying to say, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. Here's my tithe. Boom. And here's a little seed and here's whatever. But then go home and be worried silly about what's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. We got this bill. And oh, my Lord, where's this going to come from? You got two lords. Did y'all say amen? amen? I know you've never been there, but I'm talking about other people. 1 Corinthians 7, 23 says, Ye are bought with a price, and ye are not your own. Be ye not the servants of men. I am bought with a price. I am not my own. I am not my own. I am not my own. I am bought with a price. If you'll get that verse down in you, you won't fail. I am bought with a price. I have no choice. I have no rights. I have no uh, authority. I am bought with a price. I am bought by the master who bought me out of the slave uh, market of sin, and uh, I do not have a call in this. So it's rebellion for you to hire a man, and him say, and you leave him with a job, and an hour later you come back, and I've had this happen a bunch to, to young kids that I've employed, and they'll say, I thought I'd do it this way, it seemed to be, it's the way I like to do it. Well, I try not to blow up, but it rarely works. <laughs> I said, son, I am paying you. You're on by the hour. It doesn't matter how fast you get it done. Do it my way. And that's the way we do in the world. That's the way we do in the kingdom. Like, well, you know, tithing's not fast enough for me. I need some results by the weekend. And so we serve two masters. It doesn't work. Have you ever wondered why life is hard for people? They're serving two masters. They're serving no masters themselves in the world, or they're serving two masters the Lord Jesus, and the kingdom of this world. So we said that con- happiness is a life of contentment. Satisfied. I'm satisfied. Does it mean you never have a bump and it means you never have a challenge? Never. But I'm satisfied because I always get over the bump and I always get through the trial. There is no life where you have no trials and you have no bumps. There is no life. Uh, If I was a Christian, if I was a good Christian, life would be easy. No, it'd be easy in faith, but it wouldn't be easy without faith. It would be difficult. Matthew chapter 11. Are you there? No, not quite. We moved. Well, I'm sure glad we found that scripture. We've got a lot of editing to do out of this. No, probably not. No, I know not. Hallelujah. Chapter 11. You know this verse, but I think we already quoted it. Verse 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is talking about the new birth. This is talking about the new birth. Come unto me, all ye that labor, the world, and are heavy laden, the world, and I will give you rest. The new birth gives us rest. Take my yoke upon you. So here he's telling us how we come to him. How do we come to him? I surrender all, Lord Jesus. We sang that song. That gets a bunch of people up at the altar. But then after the song's over, they go back to the world. And he says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke. The yoke. There is a yoke. You don't get into a life where there's no yoke. Well, I was in a yoke of sin, and I was in a yoke of addiction, and I was a yoke in a yoke of financial trouble. But I got Jesus, and I'm not in any yoke anymore. Eh. You are in a yoke. We are in a yoke. I'm in a yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the yoke is easy is the new birth, and the burden is light is the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Jesus was speaking of them here. Aren't you glad you got the Holy Ghost? Aren't you glad that you got a, a a place to go with this new birth where you can access? The Word says we pray out mysteries. We pray out mysteries when we speak in tongues. We pray out mysteries. Well, there's some mysteries to be prayed out. There's some things we if we knew the answer to them, we wouldn't struggle and, and try to poke this in there and try that and improvise this. If we knew, we'd go straight to it and skip all that strife and all that we'd go right to it. We ought to pray out the mysteries. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, then you are struggling. Let's just say that on tape. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, you're just halfway there. You're just a quarter full. And you, you hadn't got, there's not any bullets in your gun. You're just pulling the trigger. And we'll just skip that. Hallelujah. Eleven twenty-eight. Did we? Uh, we already did that. So the Lordship of Jesus is a yoke, but people don't like yokes if they're rebellious. They don't like yokes, they just don't want trouble. I want to get saved so I won't go to hell. It's just fire insurance, then. It's not. It's not, I want the lordship of Jesus. Romans, what is it? Romans 9 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, ye shall be saved. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. So, to be happy is not to go on vacation or get your bills paid off. That that is a joyful moment, but it means you find one master. And that's what we're doing here at River Church. A gospel of responsibility, a gospel of accountability, a gospel of independence from the world and its troubles, we win. We win. The world is trouble, but we win over the world. But in the winning, we do have to engage. We fight the good fight of faith. And so, uh, what happens, though, to people that want to be independent of their circumstances, but don't want to be dependent on God? Wouldn't that be a great place if there was such a place where you could just be your own God and just say things and they happen. Oh gosh, we already are. The new birth gave us authority over all the troubles. But what about people? I wrote down some things like the children of Israel. They wanted to be independent of Pharaoh and of Egypt, but they didn't want to obey God. Y'all remember they were little rascals in the wilderness. Uh, and so they were going through the the wilderness to go to the land of promise, but guess what? Because they wouldn't obey God, there was no way out. They wouldn't. They got rid of Pharaoh in Egypt, but they didn't get into God, and therefore they got stuck in the wilderness. How long? It's forty years. It's supposed to be eleven days over the river and through the woods, and it was forty years there. Uh, people that hate America. Don't y'all have a special opinion about people that hate America but won't leave America? They want to use their American rights to criticize our nation and be the problem. Um, I told you all one time about a story about Russian immigrants that wanted to escape the totalitarianism of their nation. And so they immigrated to New York City. But they couldn't function because nobody told them what to do. They were used to everything. Uh, Which house are you all going to rent? We don't know anything about renting a house. What kind of groceries y'all going to buy? We don't know. We're used to just this and having it done that. What kind of, are y'all going to take the bus or the taxi? And so they were so perplexed by having no master, they all went back to Russia. It's crazy, but that's what happens. Um, There's an e-myth. I've talked about this before. An e-myth is a person that's working for a business, and they are grousing. They are unhappy because they see that they, what they do for $20 an hour, their employer is making $120, and it's just, they're just getting filthy rich, and we're just taking home a regular paycheck. So they say in themselves, I want to be independent of this, this dastardly company, this, this company, and I'm gonna be going to go into business and have my own. I'm going to make all that money. But they're not geared for the taxes, for the building, for the, for the employees. They're not geared for that. And so they almost invariably fold their business, not always, fold their business and go back to work for a business. Because they don't want to be dependent on God. They just want to be independent of that old mean employer. Um, I wrote down uh, wives that are locked into abusive marriages. You go, Darling. Get out of that. Get out of that. God is not against divorce. He is for you. And so uh, you look at that like, well, why did you stay in that thing? Because they don't want to be disloyal. They somehow want to be loyal to God and loyal to him or whatever. And so they just stay and and get whooped around and get taken advantage of and everything. And uh, it's because they're not, they don't have a plan from heaven. Can I step on any toes here? Okay. Uh, young men, uh, y'all know this one about, I've seen this where our girls, they're just 15 or 16 or, or, or younger. It is so abusive in their home that they say, I got to get married. I got to be me, a happily married woman. And they run off with Jimmy Joe and, and he's just like what you left. So they're not independent. They're just dependent on a different God. Uh, Christians, uh, I, I, we used to call them cruisamatics. Charismatics is not a big word now, but used to call them charismatics. They'd show up in your church when you had a special speaker, special event, having a big picnic. And then you'd go, next week it's regular church. Where are they? Well, they're over at First Church. They're having a special event. We call them chiasmatics. They never lit in one place. They just would. Y'all get it, chiasmatic. <laughs> so they were they were independent of everybody. They had no masters except themselves. And then uh, obviously runaways, kids that run away. They're trying to escape a abusive home. And uh, but they won't let anybody tell them what to do. They're just they're so independent. They won't settle down. So I say, you, you would say, it's easier to, to uh, get yoked than it is to stay yoked. It's easier to start tithing than it is to keep tithing. It's easier to get married than it is to stay married. It's easier to make babies than it is to raise babies. It's easier to sign up for a job than it is to stay in that job. All right, he's treating me bad. I'm leaving here and going there. Well, guess what? His brother's over there or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, uh, heres I've I got three things and I'll quit. There's uh, three temptations that the devil uses on us to get us out of the yoke with Jesus. Because it's real simple. You just turn down the lordship of the flesh, men. You just turn it down and say, Jesus, you're going to be my lord. I've heard women say, Jesus is my husband, which is biblical. So first of all, uh, a lot of people, several people, make Jesus their Savior. Say savior. 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 Now this is how I was raised, but they don't make him Lord. It's never offered. It was never offered in my growing up. And it just gets you some fire insurance, son. You make sure you miss that hell hole and... And someday it'll be all right. You'll live like the hellhole while you're here, but, but someday we'll be in heaven. So that was it where uh, they're going to wait till heaven to make Jesus Lord. Make him Savior now. Do the best you can. And when you get to heaven, Jesus will be Lord. Number two is to be submitted to God. I've seen a lot of people like this. They're submitted to God, but they're not submitted to anybody else, bless the Lord. You ain't, you're not the boss of me. You're not telling me what to do. And they come into a church and they, uh, they're they not submitted. They they just... Well, y'all know those people. It's a temptation. We're submitted. You know, in my book, I wrote that how we're, we're all under... If we're in the military, we're all under the president. He's the commander-in-chief. But if you don't do what that lieutenant tells you to do, you're going to the brig to worship your commander-in-chief. There's other commands. And... Uh, the third kind of temptation that he has is, is uh, you only have to serve God when you're in trouble. He's a fire escape. When, when you get in trouble, when things don't work out, you can call on God. Well, that's right. That'd be good the first time. But then as soon as you get your stuff fixed and you get a little relief, you go back to the world until, amen. So I say... We've got to get in faith to be happy. There's no way around it. You'll never get it all lined up, otherwise rich people would be happy. I said rich people would be happy. But they're in the news about their unhappiness, their divorces and their money and their their uh, assaults on their life, and rich is not the answer. Now, it doesn't hurt to have a few hundred dollars to float things through and buy Buy Blue Bell ice cream instead of Johnny Bob's, you know that sort of thing. I, hey, it went. She said uh, she said that Blue Bell went to like nine or ten dollars a half gallon, but we still bought it. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty more where that came from, is what we say. Amen. So, uh, happy people think they're happy, and they think happiness is coming. In America, we're kind of scared as a nation because we don't know where we are and we don't know where we're going. But it doesn't look good. It doesn't look favorable. But that's not who we are. We can be happy in an unhappy nation because everything is turning out amazing. And there's plenty more where that came from. And he always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. And because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And he supplies all my need. And by his stripes I was healed. It's good where I am. If you believe that, it's good where you are. So, Lord, we thank you today for happy. We decide, we turn, we change, we shift to believe you to be the lo- one and only Lord of our life. Hallelujah. Yes. We put on the Lord Jesus and everything that seems weak and, and uh, uh Lateral and, and sideways. We just say we're not putting up with you anymore. We're gonna trust you, Lord. We're gonna trust you. It, it might not be the easiest thing we did because of our faith, but we're gonna we're gonna release all the faith we have to make you the answer to every situation in our life. And Lord, then after the testimony, after you prove yourself, we we say it's easy to trust you again. We'll not forget your faithfulness. Hallelujah. So Lord, I thank you for a happy life at River Church. We are the happiest people in the city. We are the happiest church in the city because of your promises and our willingness to believe them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ah, I like to be happy. Now I am the happiest fellow you ever met. You may say you're happier, but you just don't know everything I know. You're not as happy as I am. (laughs) But a little friendly competition's always good. Shoot for it. I just don't have any troubles. I just don't have any troubles. Nobody can bother me, but I care about everybody, up to a point anyway. Yes. Hallelujah. My money's not always what I would like it to be, but I'm always happy in that moment. And I have, I have things in my body that, that uh, they say, that, "That's not the best, but it just, it, it just bothers me none. N-O-N-E. N-O-N-E. And you ought to put that on. You ought to just say, Ah, oh, they're going to kill me or I'm going to die. Yes, Lord Jesus, here we come. But we're not. We're going to live. With long life, He satisfies us. And so that's that's the end of it. That's when these people that say the Lord took them. Or it was just their time. They believed that, and so they said, It's just my time. And they left. That's okay. It's always good to go to heaven. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you. We're going to sing a song, but we're going to be blessed in our singing. Would you stand up with me?